another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it's another in the Driven Life series where I'm talking to people about various motivations or self-improvement habits, things like that, topics like that. And today it is Robbie Lyons from the Truck Series, and Robbie has a story to share about head injuries and concussions. He reached out to volunteer for this because um, he's hoping to help people uh, in the same way that Dale Jr. did. In fact, Dale Jr., as you will hear in this, helped Robbie. I don't want to spoil too much because he goes into a lot of detail. So let's jump right into Robbie Lyon's story and his thoughts on head injuries. All right, everybody, I'm here with Robbie Lyons. And Robbie, uh, thank you so much for joining me, first of all. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So um, I understand that you know a, a lot of NASCAR fans are familiar with the Dale Jr. concussion story and his saga and all that stuff, but uh, you have one of your own, and one thing that we've learned through the, the Dale Jr. experience is that every, every situation is different. Um, so if you could just start by taking us, I guess, through your own experience and um, telling us how, how this all started for you, I guess. Yeah, well, kind of exactly what you said, how every, every experience is different. In the same way, every concussion is different. And that's one thing I wasn't aware of. It's, uh, and I think that's why so many of them go undiagnosed or people don't even know what's wrong with them. Um, just because there are so many different symptoms and, you know, someone can have one symptom and none of the others, but it's still a concussion. And, uh, it, you know, it started for me, I, I started racing when I was five years old on dirt bikes and I raced motocross and supercross for 18 years. Wow. So the whole reason I got out of dirt bike racing was from the injuries um there's a quote I, I think it was ricky carmichael said with age comes a cage uh-huh. so uh of course me and my parents were like hey maybe we should go down that route and uh so i think the amount of money that we spent on hospital bills the last or those first 18 years probably could have funded like somebody's entire cup career <laughs> oh my god I, I don't know but uh actually probably not but um you know uh I didn't really take the head injuries as serious until last year. Um, I knew it was serious because that's some doctors told me before I quit racing motocross that, you know, if you hit your head hard again, like you're, you know, you're going to be messed up for the rest of your life. Wow. And of course I'm like, well, every doctor's supposed to say that because, you know, they want they don't want to see you messed up. Um, I don't know. Some doctors, I guess, you know, depends <laughs> if they have the right motives, but, um, so last year, um, actually backtrack for even further than that in 2017, when I was racing super late models, still, um, I had a wreck at one of my local short tracks in Florida. It was only a quarter mile. Um, but, uh, this guy that I had been holding up for a while, uh, got impatient and decided to, you know, just clobber me going into a corner. And if we went back and watched my GoPro video and it's like, holy cow, like that was, that was a hard hit. And as the race went on, um, it was during July, so it was really, really hot. My helmet blower quit. Uh, I didn't have anything to drink in there. It was a 100-lap race. And I thought at the end of it that I had heat stroke or okay. heat exhaustion. Um, and my dad ended up having to pull me out of the car after the race. And he was like, you weren't even there. Like, it, and we're like, wow, like you need to work out more. <laughs> and uh, then I got my 
uh, my deal with Premium Motorsports with Jay Robinson and uh, my roommate Garrett Smithley. He he kind of introduced me to them, and uh, he's actually driving our truck this weekend. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I made my first truck start at Phoenix on uh, the end of 2017 in Homestead, and uh, we had a deal to run the first four races of 2018. Well, we get to Martinsville, and uh, that awesome weekend where it snowed for like two days. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, so I think we got about we got about halfway through that race, and there was a wreck in front of me, and Cody Coughlin got in the back of me, and I spun into the back of Corey Roper's truck. He was at a stop, like he had stopped, and so I kind of slid broadside into his truck, and it ripped the whole like right side of my truck open like a can. Oh. I remember Michael up in the booth saying like. Now that looks like a truck that's been to Martinsville. <laughs> uh, so towards the end of the race, you know, I was I was feeling all right, I guess, uh, more so disappointed. Uh, and then the motor, like the motor, went about five laps, brought out the final caution, uh, five laps from the end. And when I got out there, I was like, you know, you feeling okay? And I was, I was like, yeah, I'm a little dizzy, but I think it's from the carbon monoxide. Well, I mean, it was 26 degrees outside, and the yeah. whole right, I could see out my right side door, so. I was like, eh, maybe it's not, but so I, I didn't go to the care center. I should have. And and nowadays, you know, at, at Daytona, we were out really early. Um, David Green came over to me and told me, you know, can you go to the care center? We need you to get checked out. And mm-hmm. even though I drove my truck back to the garage, uh, you know, I think they're being a lot, uh, a lot more uh, in tune with, with what's going on with, with the drivers and stuff. So, yeah. Um, you know, obviously, it's a long time off between Martinsville and uh, back then it was Texas was was the next race. Yep. Um, and it, it was really weird as as it went on. Uh, I started feeling weirder and, and weirder and uh, kind of overthinking stuff. Like my anxiety was getting crazy, and I've I've kind of always had issues with with anxiety and you know my mood changing and kind of just. I mean, I'm an introvert as much as it is, so it's it's odd that this is the the business that I chose to be a part of. Right. Um, so a lot of it I just chalked up to, okay, you know, this is just typical me, you know, just having to take some time to chill because it had been a frustrating start to the year. Yeah. And um, so as it went on, I started having sleeping issues. So I think leading up to, you know, getting pulled out of the truck at Texas last year, um which wasn't it was one of the hardest decisions i've ever had to make um i had gone i think it was 92 hours and in 92 hours i had four hours of sleep whoa no way yeah it was and and i knew i knew it was a problem like i would try to sleep and then i would lay down and feel like i was having a heart attack and it's like holy cow whoa and uh so i just had to get up and you know a lot of the nights i I couldn't even tell you what like i just like stare at the ceiling for who knows how many hours and just lose track of time and holy crap yeah and the morning of texas uh the day i was supposed to leave i went to walk out to go to my truck in the driveway and i just collapsed in the yard in front of our house whoa and uh picked up my phone called my dad i'm like i can't i can't race this weekend like i just you know i actually i think i said i can't get to the airport (laughs) he's like well yeah he's like well you're definitely not gonna be able to you know drive a a race car around at 190 miles an hour then yeah and he, he was right um my passion's so strong i, I might would have tried so <laughs> it's probably you know divine forces 
you know, knocked me down in the driveway. <laughs> wow. But, uh, so my parents actually got a flight back to, uh, Kannapolis in North Carolina. And, uh, they picked me up and drove me down to Florida. And, uh, I took some time off and, you know, went to the doctor and they're like, oh, you're, you know, all kinds of things. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. Or, you know, try this medication, try this. And, uh, I started exercising more, resting a lot, and uh, because and people were at, they're still thinking it's like heat stroke or something, or like yeah. heat related, and you're you're just recovering from that. Yeah, basically, and uh, and a lot of them thought it was stress, just because you know I was I don't have an agent or PR or or anything like that, or somebody to help me look for sponsorship. So that was that was something that was tough on me at first. Um, I mean, it's a whole new world. You know, late model racing is one thing, but when you're doing it all yourself, um, and it, it can get really overwhelming at times. And especially if you're not, you know, all there, like healthy and but like I was. So yeah. it's easy for me to get overwhelmed really quickly. Um, <laughs> my dad can tell you we had, we've had plenty of arguments during that time. Um, and later on, I found out a lot of them I didn't even remember having with Wow. Them. Um, so I, I started getting better, um, just just on my own, uh, and then I, I raced at Kentucky. That was I don't know I think it was late August, um, and that was my first race back. So I missed, you know, half the season, mm-hmm. um, and it just that whole time that I was kind of getting my head straight, I wasn't really looking for sponsors or anything like that. So I I, I knew that I needed to focus on me more than, more than anything, but. Uh, towards the end of the year, um, you know, premium, they had different ideas for where they wanted to go. They wanted to focus more on their cup team. And, uh, you know, me and my dad had a conversation about would it be less stressful if we just had our own equipment, you know, and we could control how we perform and, you know, we could get up there and compete and not have to worry about, you know, contracts and all the, you know, all the inner workings that, that we don't really know about yet. Right. And, uh, so we called our good friends, uh, Jeff and Chad Finley. I drove late models for Chad back in 2015. And, uh, we had saw that they, they had ran the, their truck at gateway and finished sixth, their first race and, uh, went to Bristol and were made the last round of qualifying. And that, that race was stacked too. Like yeah. there's a lot of trucks there, a lot of good trucks. And, you know, we're like, we'd definitely like to see what they got going on. And of course they have Bruce cook, who's his track record speaks for itself, you know, with a owner's championship with KHI, you know, Kevin Harvick's team and one races with Tony Stewart and Clint Boyer. And, uh, and he was leading this whole operation. So we're like, this seems like a really awesome deal. Like, well, let's, let's, let's look into it. Yeah. So we had bought a couple trucks. Um, one of them was Josh Raheem's super speedway truck, which was, it was it was a good truck, and um, and we got a couple from uh, Brad Kozlowski's old truck team. Okay, and uh, we finished out the year we ran Talladega. It was racing for for the lead with six laps to go. Um, ended up in a wreck again on the back stretch there, and uh, on the last lap, shocking. I know that never happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, then we ran at Homestead, and I ended up cutting a tire down and hitting the wall again. And uh, on my way down to Homestead. Uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Brendan Kohler, um, he's looking to get involved in PR stuff, and he's actually living with me and Garrett now. 
Uh, I actually met him on iRacing. Huh. So I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> uh, but on the way down to Homestead, we listened to Dale Jr.'s book, um, you know, on an audio book. And I remember we were, we were about halfway through it, and I, I'd noticed every single time something was said that kind of reminded him of things he had seen in me. Like, he would turn and look at me, and I'm like, why are you looking at me, man? Like, and I knew exactly what was going on. And you're, you're hearing this, and you're like, you didn't need him to emphasize it. You, you knew. I like did. It was, like, speaking to you. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's, like, it's just, like, that gut feeling, and it's like, oh, man. Like, you know, I felt like the book, I felt like I could have wrote that book. Wow. You know, minus the stuff in the beginning, you know, obviously – his stories got is even crazier a lot of times how he got to where he was and uh just the things that that he's been through um but you know when it came down to our experience in racing and and the head injury part it all it all made sense i mean from from the late model deal in 2017 to the truck stuff to what is what had happened earlier that year and deal before texas i'm like this all makes sense like he literally was having the same stuff happen to him and so up to that point nobody had said this might be concussion related all the stuff you're going through like you until you listen to that it didn't it didn't click for you it didn't um you know i can't i can't tell you how many nights i i lost sleep thinking like am i just crazy like you know i mean not only am i driving cars really fast you know with walls around me so that's that's pretty crazy but <laughs> like another kind of crazy and you know i since since i heard him talk as passionately as he did about it i feel the same way i i recently uh uh last not it was last month february was uh like the donate your brain month and uh, and i pledged my brain to science as well i know wow. something that dale jr did wow because you know cte and and uh you know post-concussion syndrome all those type of things it's you can't diagnose it until you know after you're gone and you know i i know that having that ability to to look at a brain that's been through you know trauma is is going to be key to developing something the technology in the future to be able to help other people and you know something i i never want to see happen is somebody go through what i went through yeah um because and there's so many times where I was like, is it even worth going forward? And and not even in racing, but life. Like, wow. I mean, I was I was in a rough, rough place. And and when you don't know why, it's like, like I said, it, you just feel crazy. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So, in some sense, I would say his book saved my life. But and and, it, and it's kind of helped me be able to cope with what happened. That because I went through that and and you know his book and i can't imagine the sense of i don't want to say pride but just joy he has that his book has helped so many people yeah um my, my roommate uh brennan like he, he looked over me in the car and he said i think you need to go to dr collins and in my mind I'm like there's no way i could get there's no way i could go see him like you know he's is kind of like a Hollywood figure type thing, you know, in my mind. Yeah. I'm you're like, thinking he's like the, that's who like the big rich celebrities would go yeah. to or something. Yeah, of course. And you know, I don't, I've never felt like I'm, I'm anything other than a normal person. I, I walk into this garage sometimes and still feel out of place. Like, like, Oh my God, that's Matt Crafton. Like I've watched <laughs> him race before. And you know, even guys that'll come up and talk to you and you're like, stare for a second. You're like, Yo, are you, me, me, like <laughs> looking over your shoulder. Like, no, you, <laughs> And, uh, 
so I felt even more like it. You know, I don't. He's not going to accept me as as a patient. Uh huh. Um. But uh, we we ended up calling him and talked to his secretary up there, and she's like, "Well, uh, you know, we're kind of a month behind making appointments, but but yeah, like come see us. You'll we're going to do these tests and." Uh, and then you can see Dr. Collins and see what he thinks. And um, he actually helped develop the impact test, which, uh, you know, after we were in a wreck, that we have to go to the care center and they make us do a segment of that test. And everybody has to have a baseline test. So I, uh, I went up to Pittsburgh. Um, it, was, it was late December. Um, and uh, the first thing they had me do is take the impact test. And he told me that my scores were dramatically off from where my my baseline was wow um and obviously i i didn't go to the care center that day at martinsville and you know there was no way for them to to check so here's me encouraging other drivers if they're listening to like go to the care center if you hit if you hit anything just just go because you're not in your right state of mind when that happens and and you might feel nothing at the time um but you feel like if you had gone like the test would have shown something that day at Martinsville. I feel like it could have, I, you know, we ran before the cup race that day and I sat up in the stands at Martinsville and watched all 500 laps of the cup race, which largely went caution free besides the stage cautions. And there's a part that Dale talks in his book that when he was at Martinsville standing on top of the haulers, watching cars go around that he had to get out of there. Like he's like, I, it was driving him insane and like he felt like he was going to be sick or have a panic attack or something. And as that race went on, I got dizzier and dizzier and got a headache and wow. I actually had my buddy drive me home, you know, drive my truck home. And, uh, that's what I was saying. It was like, man, this is literally, this book is literally, I, I, I felt like I could write it. Wow. So, I, I mean, I don't know if the, the test would have, would have changed anything then it might have, it might, might not have, but, the whole, the whole fact of the matter is, like, everything that, that I went through up in Pittsburgh was basically the same the same, same thing. And he uh, he came up with this, for those who have read the book, uh, I don't know, have you read it? Yeah, I have, actually. Yeah, it's, it's crazy uh, how simple he makes concussions sound when, in reality, they're kind of the most complicated thing that, you know, can happen to somebody, especially being an, an invisible problem, mostly. It all it all depends on the information that you, that you give them. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times I held off on giving information because I was worried about somebody thinking I was crazy. So I'm like, you know what? That's just me. I'm just going to deal with that myself. I see. And, uh, it gets to a point where you can only deal with it yourself so much, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, uh, I ended up going up there and, uh, we went there four times and, uh, he gave me a list of exercises to do. A lot of them are really weird. Like, you know, holding a string with a whole bunch of beads on it from your nose, like outwards. And then you have to focus your eyes on each bead and then back. And one was just tossing a tennis ball behind you to somebody. And the first time I did that in the hallway up in Pittsburgh, I fell over after doing it three or four times. No way. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, by the end of it, I think the last appointment there, he's like, how's the tennis ball thing going? And I was like, Oh, I did it 40 times without stopping. He's like, all right. He's like, okay, uh, now we're going to have you do it while walking backwards. And I was oh, like, God. I was like, Oh man, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but another interesting thing, my peripheral vision was terrible. Um, I mean, from when I started racing legend cars, 
one of my issues was being afraid of the wall. Like when I would come off the corner, I would always hold it like a car length or like a half a car length off the wall. And of course that's pinching the corner. So, you know, it's just not, it doesn't make sense. So I actually learned how to drive, I guess, based on sound. Cause the way the engine noise bounces off the wall, I can tell how far I am from the wall. Wow. And just recently I, my friends used to mess with me cause they knew I had bad peripheral vision. So they would like throw paper airplanes at my head, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> obviously I can't see it coming. So, uh, one of my roommates, they, they were waving at me the other day and I turned and looked at them and they're like, Oh my gosh, like your peripheral vision is a lot better. Wow. No kidding. And it, it's insane. Like, uh, I used to sit with my door open in my room out to the living room and they would all like, just wait, like make faces at me and stuff. And I'd never, I'd never see them. So heads up if anybody, you know, plans on tricking me now, like, <laughs> I, I can see him, <laughs> but it, it's just been crazy. I mean, life's life's been a lot better. Uh, I mean, totally, totally did a 180, and I wish I hadn't dealt with it for so long. Um, but you know, if I hadn't, then I wouldn't be able to be here saying saying the things I'm saying and saying I beat it. You know, right? And, uh, I, I just hope I just hope anybody that's feeling that way, if you've hit if you've hit your head once even, and you're you're going through these things, like just just go go talk to somebody. You know. So, peep somebody listening, they may feel like they may not realize that the symptoms are a concussion as you didn't. Oh, um, yeah. and they may think something's wrong with them or they're going crazy or things are happening or mood, crazy mood swings, or whatever, but it could be all related to this. And you don't know whether until you go see Dr. Collins and you said it, it was affordable. It turned out it was. Yeah. I, so I, uh, found out when we, I, I went up there expecting to just like, you know, spend up like my life savings, which isn't really that much, but because <laughs> I have race cars, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, so I went up there expecting that. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you see, you see a lot of doctors. I saw three doctors regularly when I, up, when I went up there and it was kind of like a day trip. So obviously you have to pay for, for airfare if you're not from around there, but, right. um, you know, for seeing three doctors and t- then taking like almost an entire day to, to see you and there's a physical therapist that makes you do ex- physical exercises, you know, they call it exertion therapy. So you'll, you'll run on a treadmill and or toss a medicine ball around and all while doing like visual exercises. And, uh, then you get, then you see Dr. Collins and his assistant and, you know, it's a lot of time that they take out of their day to, to help. And, uh, you know, it was just a couple hundred dollars, you know? Wow. So, and that was without insurance, uh, that was recognized in, in Pennsylvania. So, come on Pennsylvania you know, gotta get it together. <laughs> but uh but yeah I mean it's don't let that deter you from going at, yeah. at, at all because they'll work with you for sure that's really cool yeah. so um have you talked to Dale about this experience you know Dr. Collins told me that he's like he's like whatever you do he's like find Dale's number you know from somebody he was like at first he was like I'll give you his number and he's like you know I probably shouldn't do that <laughs> <laughs> so I uh you know I haven't yet um I, I've been trying to run into him, but uh, you know, a lot of people plan on running into him. But I know the, the, the time and place is right. You know, but if he listens to this, you know, I, I mean, I can't, I can't thank him enough. You know, and I know there's a, a lot of other people out there, you know, that that would say the same thing. I, I know Dr. Collins told me he's like ever since Junior's book came out that he's had other people and other drivers even that that raced in NASCAR and IndyCar 
go to him and say, I think this is going on with me. And, and it turns out that it was. Wow. So, um, he didn't obviously with HIPAA laws and stuff, you can't say who, but right. Right. But you know, it's just, I, like I said er, earlier, I, I can't imagine the, the sense of a pride and, and joy he has that he has changed so many people's lives. So through, through something that was really awful and, uh, you know, and I, I mental, mental, illness and you know i think it's something in this country that just deserves so much more attention and and coverage and especially the stuff that's caused by traumatic brain injuries you know in football and hockey you know dr collins office is at the at upmc the university of pittsburgh and uh medical center and the pittsburgh penguins actually train up there so like in hockey hockey's like le- legit crazy uh, you know I, yeah, yeah. I have my my tampa bay lightning hat on right now so you know eastern conference champions president's <laughs> trophy so i'm pretty pumped on that but if I, funny story the first day i walked in there i had the same hat on and i didn't realize that we we're going to the lemieux training center you know and, <laughs> and i'm i'm like oh crap <laughs> like i should probably take my hat off but it ended up it ended up being a lot of fun we, we mess with each other a lot but That's it's cool. really cool <laughs> Um, well, I just want to close by, I guess, I mean, uh, you, you indicated that, you know, your peripheral vision's better now, you, you're feeling a lot better, but like overall, I mean, where, where would you put yourself um, in your, your recovery process now? Uh, I would, I mean, it's been, gosh, I was never great at math, but uh, my, my last appointment up there was in February and mm. we had made my goal to be able to race Daytona. And he told me, he's like, you're going to have to bust your, you know what? if you want to get to Daytona and race and obviously Daytona is my home track being from Florida. And, uh, it was, uh, it was, it, it was tough. I had to, you know, commit a lot and my friends and family helped me a lot, but, uh, that, you know, it was the weekend before the shootout and I was so nervous walking in there. Cause I'm like, I kind of felt like, you know, I, I hadn't done my best, but I felt so much better and I, I knew things were getting better. And uh, I could toss the ball 40 times walking backwards, so <laughs> why not, you know? Yeah. Uh, sounds easy enough. Um, and uh, and he, he said, you know, that that I could go race. And when I walked in there the first day, I was expecting to be told, like, you can't race anymore, like, like ever again. Right. And not only that, but you're never going to be normal again. And th- those are the thoughts that go through your head all the time before, before I got better. Um, I mean, just constantly like oh this is never going to get better it's just going to get worse and so i kind of put off going to see people because i didn't want to be told that so i mean ignorance is bliss right yeah no no so um but i I couldn't be happier that i did Uh, and even if he said i i couldn't race anymore i don't i don't know if it would have been such a such a bad thing because like it was the amount of stress involved in racing and stuff it's just I know that triggers symptoms. Mm. Um, one of the therapies that, that he has you do is go out into a busy public area until you want to like punch somebody, you uh-huh. know? And for, for me, it still doesn't take very long, but yeah, <laughs> especially in Florida with <laughs> traffic and tourists. But yeah, you know, if you hear that, don't, don't worry. Please come visit our state. So <laughs> we're still nice. But. Well, thanks again for, for uh, joining me and, and sharing the story. I think a lot of people, probably find it helpful so thanks a lot yeah no problem man i i appreciate it thanks for giving me a voice all right everybody so there you have it and uh hopefully 
Robbie and Dale Jr. will get a chance to speak at some point because obviously I think um, Dale Jr. will be thrilled to hear how much he helped Robbie in this situation. And as Robbie said, perhaps even saved his life. Robbie talking about what a dark place he was in, not knowing what was wrong with him. And until he listened to the audiobook from Dale Jr. there, um, he wasn't able to turn things around. So pretty interesting. And maybe uh, somebody out there will listen to Robbie's same story and um, want to do something about it. And if so, they, they will know that going to Dr. Collins doesn't cost as much as people might think. So that's good to know as well. Coming up on the next edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast, it's going to be a post-race edition about Bristol, but I'm not going to say from Bristol because I'm here in Portland, Oregon at home. Dad duty uh, this week. We'll be watching my daughter Liliana all three days of the weekend while uh, juggling the old uh, race coverage duties from afar. But there will be a podcast about the Bristol race afterwards. Hopefully they don't have any rain there. I saw that was a little bit in the forecast, but hopefully that's not a factor. And I'll be able to do the podcast right after the race. So definitely stay tuned for that as well. And then next week, uh, the 12 questions interview will be with John Hunter Nemechek. So that's a, a good one as well. If you're not familiar with his personality too much, hopefully it's a, a chance for you to get to know him a little bit better. Anyway, thank you as always for listening. And I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. <laughs>